AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Soybean futures have clawed back Tuesday's sharp losses, and wheat is participating in the upside recovery. But corn still stubbornly staying on the defensive. Live cattle futures were under pressure today. Lean hog futures posted a downside reversal, and cotton, cotton dropped on a slowdown in export demand. Live from the show that demands exports! Via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Jared Creed from JC Marketing. Right after the news, Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures. I'm Handsome Newsman Davis Michelson, and now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Hey, thank you so much. Yes. Yes, we do demand demand here is, on, on AgriTalk. Can it be that simple? I don't know if we've think- ever taken this approach before. We, You know, because how many times we've we been like, oh, demand's real good, or, oh, boy, we yeah. need some more. We need some more demand up in here. We've never even considered demanding more I demand. I demand it. I yes. demand it. That we have, we have demand, more demand. Demands. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It, it. You know. You know, if life was that simple, wouldn't that I? Wouldn't that be spectacular? There, there have been times. There have been times. Normally, when prices are much lower than what they are right now, much, much lower than what they are right now. Uh-huh. There, there have been times that I had. It, it's been suggested to me by some listeners that maybe I had something to do with the price action that we're seeing. Really? So in that case, in that case, huh. you know, maybe it is that simple. Maybe if I hope for higher prices, we just have higher prices. Wouldn't that be something? Well, you can't just go just sort of throwing that kind of influence around willy nilly. No, you, you know can't. what I mean. It's yeah, a people solemn post. To, yeah. yeah. Yeah, people will start to just assume that yeah, just whatever is needed, we'll just assume it, and off it goes. Yeah, yeah we Chip, can't be doing that. Chip will fix everything. He can't. He can't bear that weight on his shoulders, folks. Come on. Hey, he does no. what he can. He does everything that he can, and then a little <laughs> bit more. Well, at yeah. least as much as I can. Am Let's, I overselling it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I almost hope not. doing. I'm almost I doing as much not. as I can. I could probably do more. I'll be honest. I hope you're not overselling it. I hope that's exactly what I am doing each and every day. You're Thank fantastic. you so much for joining us here on AgriTalk. Uh, there are times that we really focus on upcoming price outlook. There are okay. other times that we really focus on risk management. Today, we are going to focus on risk management. Just so you know, we're going to conversation with Jared Creed about implementing and, and working crop insurance into your marketing plans. And, of course, we'll get some price outlook, too, from Oliver Slope coming up in just a bit. Let's go ahead and get Great. started on the news. Chip wheat export sales in the weekend of February 23 of 284,000 metric tons were in line with trade expectations, but did little to support wheat with the U.S. dollar index trading about 500 points higher. There is renewed concern about the supply of wheat coming out of the Black Sea region with Russia dragging its feet to restart negotiations. May soft red winter wheat futures opened higher and rallied through the pivotal 720 level before setting back to close below the opening range. 
hard red winter wheat crop conditions, limited selling in HRW futures, and the need to stay competitive for acres helped spring wheat close with double-digit gains. May hard red winter wheat futures were nine and three quarters cents higher at eight twenty-six. May soft red wheat up two and three quarters, seven twelve and three quarter cents. May's spring wheat closed at eight seventy-six and one quarter. That's up twelve and three quarters today, Chip. Yeah, Russia dragging its feet will continue to drag its feet right up to the deadline on March eighteenth. There might be sure. some movement uh a couple of days ahead of that, but don't expect anything definitive until we get to the middle of the month. Well, Chip, grain market bulls were disappointed by the inability of corn futures to hold on to mid-morning gains. Export sales of corn in the weekend of February 23 of 598,000 metric tons were at the low end of trade expectations. Mexico was at the top of the list of buyers with Japan, Colombia, and China also on the list of noted buyers. Corn for ethanol use in January totaled 443.6 million bushels, topping traders' expectations. That was still 20 million bushels below year-ago use. May corn opened higher and spiked resistance at session highs before posting a low-range close. May corn futures were two cents lower today, 6.33 and three quarters. July corn down one and three quarter cents, 6.24. December corn futures closed at 5.70 and one half. That's up one and one quarter cents, Chip. Yeah, it didn't feel like a give up day. Did not feel like a give up day in corn. Just a stubborn, just a, an hmm. unwillingness to participate in a recovery. Well, Stonex Group updated its Brazilian corn and soybean crop estimates and raised the bean crop to 154.7 million metric tons wow. and the corn crop to 130.6 million. The upside revision to the bean crop helped the bean market open slightly lower. But the need for an upside correction in bean prices helped May futures post a low-range open and a high-range close. Export sales of beans in the weekend of February 23, 361,000 metric tons. That was at the low end of trade expectations. May beans were 15 cents higher, 15.09 and one quarter. July beans up 13 and a half, 14.98. November beans closed at 13.67 and one half. That's up eight and one half cents, Chip. Yeah, looking to see how much of a move that was for Stonex. Uh, they ra- it was almost a half a million metric tons on the soybean estimate. But get this, the Brazilian corn crop forecast is up by 7.1 million metric tons. Mm. Huge move to the upside. Well, cotton export sales weekended February 23 totaled 170,600 running bales. That was down by about one-third from the four-week average sales pace. December cotton, 152 points lower at 83.75. Chip, I've just been handed this. We've got Oliver. What say we head over there? Excellent. Sounds good. Thank you, Davis. Oliver Slope, Blue Line Futures. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Chip. How about yourself? Well, better than hogs here again. You know, it did. I, I said earlier it did not feel like a give up in corn. Hogs felt like a give up today with a downside reversal, <laughs> man. What's going on? Oh, man, I, it's funny you brought up hogs. I, I was literally just writing some commentary about it. It's one of those markets that just continues to chop people to pieces and is a great reminder that sometimes no position is uh, is the best position. It's just <laughs> yeah. kind of a wait and see. We are down here towards the low end of the range. I do think eventually we can work back higher, but uh, it's it's been tough trying to catch this falling knife, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. What do you make of of uh, cattle? The April contract testing support at one sixty four. 
Yeah, so we were building a little bit of a trend line. We broke and closed below there. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been talking about it here recently. The fact that we've seen the cash market continue to grind higher in the future stall out was a little bit of a caution flag for us. And it felt like, although you couldn't rule out a grind higher, it felt like the higher velocity move was going to be to the downside, especially because the, the futures just couldn't really do anything with cash firming. There is some support near 164, 163 area is probably a little bit more significant. That's where we had that big move higher on January 30th and kind of stalled out. And then that became uh, support through the month of February. So 163, 163 and a quarter is going to be pivotal to keep an eye on going forward, break and close below there. You know, it could potentially spur some long liquidation, but as yeah. you're well aware, we haven't gotten an updated uh, COT report yeah. for a while. So who knows how many longs there are to liquidate at this point. Yeah, I got a feeling the the fund positioning in all of the markets is going to be a lot different than what than what some of the assumptions are at this point. Hey, real quick, you ready for Nebraska to make some noise in the Big Ten tournament? Yeah, I am. I am. They're right on the bubble. But uh, real quick, I wanted to say about the fund positioning. The yeah. wheat market is going to be a big one to keep an eye on. The last report we got funds were, I think, about their shortest since 2019, and the market was 65 cents lower than that last report. So they're aggressively short ahead of that March 18th deadline. Excellent stuff right there, Oliver. Thanks, buddy. We've got Jared Creed coming up next. Oliver. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. All right, welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glad that you're with us this afternoon. Uh, Jared Creed, JC Marketing, is back. It's like second time in a month, and there's a reason for that. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. But, you know, I tried to get in a little bit of basketball talk there with uh, with Oliver. What an opportunity for your guys tonight, playing the number one team in the country, dude. Are you there, Jared? Yeah. I'm here. I'm yeah. here. I was trying to think of who the heck is playing who here. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm uh, not very proud of the old Shockers this year, but <clears throat> can't be a Fairweather fan. Got to go with the good and the bad. That's right. That's right. And Houston, you know, that team has just been, you know, they were so consistent for a while, and then they kind of fell off the chart. But, boy, they're right back up there and, and consistent as heck. It's getting down to the end of the year. And, uh, yeah, some of us are, are really happy with what's going on. A few of us are a little more than disappointed with the way that the season is wrapping up. But, anyway, okay, let's get to it. Uh, 
you were on a couple of weeks ago, about three weeks, maybe a month, talking about some things to consider as as uh, we were getting into February and, and going to have the spring prices on the crop insurance uh, established. We decided then it'd be a good idea to get you back on after we get the spring prices and and go through the decision-making process and some some of the things that you should be thinking about. So let's go ahead and, and get it started. Um, what do you make of the insurance prices? 591-1376. Well, for the majority of your listeners, with the exception of parts of Nebraska, Kansas, and Missouri, uh, most individuals, their revenue guarantees obviously aren't that much different year-on-year. Year. Insurance price on corn, a penny higher, beans about 60 cents lower. But behind the scenes, with volatility coming in so much lower, uh, many are going to experience cheaper premiums. So when all the dust settles, uh, I think it's a net net win on corn and really not that much of a reduction on the soybean space. Obviously, that comes down to what farm uh, individuals are planting to what crop APHs are going to move around each year. But generally speaking, um, I think it's, you know, the prices are, are good to see. It's just the issue looking at the wind that are back at this time last year versus where we sit today, I mean, the margin opportunities on corn are every bit of probably nationally, I'd call it on average, $100 an acre less with costs up 40, 50 bucks. And, yep. you know, bean costs up obviously as well with, uh, you know, maybe a $50 an acre reduction there on prices. So I think insurance runs the risk, I suppose, is probably the right word. It runs the risk of being a little bit more pivotal this year in keeping the farm moving in the right direction than years past. And, you know, with that said, um, given the, the, the move that we were experiencing at this time last year, maybe there was a little bit more of an easy button. Uh, there wasn't, <clears throat> there was a lot of options that the producer had to make sure they made money no matter what. Uh, and I think that that's probably the minority this year is looking at an opportunity to ensure a, you know, a fixed and variable expense break even. Uh, before they even start considering living costs involved in the operation as well. So we got our work cut out for us. It's just, it, it, the prices are similar to last year. Premiums are down, but the total environment is, is wildly different when you consider the net margin return, uh, March 1 on March 1. Okay. All right. Wildly different. Let, let's talk about that. And I don't know, maybe go through how the opportunity looks in 2023 compared to the last couple of years? Well, it's no secret that fertilizer went on a, a tremendous ride in the last year. Uh, some individuals booking fertilizer last spring probably didn't really like those prices, but they were also uh, given an opportunity to sell, you know, very attractive grain prices to offset those expenses. But when you rewind the calendar just a little bit more, let's just say we go back 18 months, the okay. fall of 2021, when a significant amount of fertilizer was being purchased for 22, you know, fertilizer at that point was still, oh, not half of what it is today, but certainly 30, 40% cheaper. And that's, you know, even before you start going back to 2019 and 20, and I was looking through some old numbers, we had some 300 some dollar anhydrous purchases in 2019. So the world has changed dramatically 300, yes. three years ago, and all of a sudden we're still talking near a thousand dollar a ton today. So it's no secret costs are up the inflation world that we're in. I find it too convenient that you look at all these CPI numbers over the last several months and the cost increases year on year. 
darn near line up exactly with what the CPI percentages have been suggesting. I know that that's not a fair example, but it's just ironic that that's how it shaped out. But when you start considering the price drop year on year difference and considering the insurance price is the same and you start considering the increase in input prices uh, at this moment, it just doesn't have the same uh, feel or appeal that we were experiencing at this time last year. Yeah. Long ways to go through the growing season, but in the current environment, that's why I mentioned insurance probably plays a little bit more pivotal of a role this year and not just the election of a policy, but extracting the most value out of that policy as you possibly can. Okay. All right. Well, you know, one, one thing that I just have to get this out there. One one thing that, uh, that is maybe a little bit of a, a, a pet peeve of mine, Chip. <clears throat> Oftentimes in the insurance space, obviously I'm not an insurance agent, but I feel it's pivotal in a marketing program. Um, the average producer might only visit their insurance twice, maybe three, and then exceptions maybe four times a year. <laughs> yep. And that might be when they elect their policy. That might be revisiting it once they get the crop planted and they're reporting their acres. And then maybe in that uh-oh situation ahead yeah. of their crop harvest saying, I got an issue. And then obviously at the end of reporting their production, right. here's my pet peeve of it. We're spending anywhere from 10 to $30 an acre, regardless of where an individual is located. The amount of money that we're putting on the table on an annual basis for insurance is equal to, or sometimes even greater than the principal and interest of producers paying on a piece of equipment for the operation. We're buying a piece of equipment because we know what the value is that we're supposed to get out of it. And we obviously try to extract as much value out of that piece of equipment as possible. Right. And so I look at insurance is the same way. I'm buying something that I should understand what levers it allows me to pull. And in the environment we are in, you know, the price support from crop insurance this year of the base prices, that's all great. But Historically, the producer is going to raise a crop somewhere around their APH. That's why they have a 10-year average. In the events that they raise an APH crop, the price support that kicks in from insurance is simply the percentage of the spring insurance price. Yeah, you're So for easy math, if core and insurance price was 6 bucks and I carry an 80% policy, I don't have any price protection until $4.80. 80 cents. And if I just translate that into 450 corn as a worst case environment using a 30 under basis, mm-hmm. I'm probably in a world of hurt. Yeah. You know, I have Iowa State cost production numbers pulled up and I'm not harping on the universities, but in the wild times that we're in, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's Illinois, Minnesota, South Dakota State, Minnesota, Iowa State, Nebraska, look across all of them. Most of those costs probably have a little bit of a lag time to them versus mm-hmm. what reality is today. Yep. Yep. And again, the fear, you know, Iowa State using a 202 bushel yield goal uh, is looking at a, a break even of not too far under five bucks. Mm-hmm. And again, that doesn't include any type of cost of living in there. So mm-hmm. when we're looking at it operating like a business and I plan on living off that business, my break-even is arguably a lot closer to 550 than it is five. Right. And that's what I've kind of found in the last couple of weeks of traveling, you know, kind of throughout the Midwest, meeting with existing producers that we work with and with some banks and some other co-ops giving meetings that when all the dust settles, there's a lot of break-evens in the corn space that are five and a quarter to 550. And in the bean space, probably, 
you know, call it upper 12s to mid 13s. And again, just year on year differences, costs lower last year, and we were rallying. We had tremendous opportunities to lock in a lot of profit opportunities or profitable situations, and just not so much right here and now. Yeah. Okay, not so much here and now, but there's still the opportunity, depending on your election and and the the coverage level. But it's there's still an opportunity to make it business insurance and not just revenue insurance, right? Correct. So I think, you know, you, you hit the key word there, revenue. You know, we're buying a revenue protection policy. The majority of U.S. farms buy a revenue protection policy. But I think in 2023, my message has been we're farming for revenue. We're not farming for bushels and we're not farming for price. At the end of the day, we need to know what revenue I need to generate to make sure the farm moves forward next year. Yes. And I think one of the most simple goals right now is identifying working capital. There's obviously a huge segment of producers that probably don't even know what their working capital is because they're financially sound and it really doesn't matter. Right. But there's right. a larger segment in the evolution of agriculture and consolidation that my goal for this next year is to make sure our working capital moves forward in the right direction. Okay. And that's- All right. Perfect. Perfect. Let's pick it up right there. How do we... How do we use that goal of moving working capital in the right direction in making the selections? To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Russia says countries that have imposed sanctions on Moscow are not doing enough to ease restrictions on its exports, especially fertilizer. USDA's attache in Brazil maintained its crop estimate of 153 million metric tons, but signaled continued rains could impact crop quality. Feed millers in Asia are boosting corn purchases from India as a severe drought has reduced production in traditional supplier Argentina. Consumer inflation in the Eurozone eased in February to the lowest since May 2022 as a big fall in energy costs offset a price surge in nearly all other areas. And China is becoming increasingly ambitious with its 2023 economic growth target in a bid to boost investor and consumer confidence amid the post-pandemic recovery. News of notice taken from the pages of ProFarmer. Try ProFarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. I don't know what you're thinking. So call us at 855-4-TALK-AG and tell us what's on your mind. 
crickets from the peanut gallery on that one. Just let her slide. Let, let it slide. Let her awesome. Yeah. I was kind of waiting, but I like I like those I like that song too and those lyrics. So I was kind of listening to that. Welcome mm-hmm. back. I'm Chip. Mm-hmm. That is Davis. We are in the middle of a of of I'm going to call it an insurance uh, decision making conversation with Jared Creed from JC Marketing. We're going to continue that here in just a moment. First, let's go ahead and recap where the market's closed. Chip May, HRW wheat futures were nine and three quarter cents higher today, 826. May soft red wheat gained two and three quarter cents to 712 and three quarters. May corn futures were two cents lower at 633 and three quarters. December corn futures closed at 570 and one half, up one and one quarter cents. May soybean futures 15 cents higher, 1509 and one quarter. November beans closed at 1367 and one half, up eight and one half cents. December cotton 152 points lower, 83.75. On the livestock side, April live cattle 102 and one half lower at 164.10. June fats fell 115 to 159.45 and April feeders unchanged 193.85. And on the snout side, April lean hogs a buck ten lower, eighty three eighty five, with the June contract down twenty two and a half to one hundred dollar fifty seven and one half cents. That's your quick market recap. Back to you, Chip. All right, thank you very much, Davis. Jared Creed, JC Marketing, is our guest analyst today. Jared, a uh, couple of things. Number one, I fully agree with with uh, what you were talking about when when you said stay in contact with your agent. Uh, this person can have a major influence on how well your business operates in the year ahead. That You need to partner with them, and the only way that you can partner with them is make sure that they understand what your goals are. And setting goals when it comes to insurance coverage is is not done enough. There's, I, I know that one of the questions that growers ask their agents the most is what are the other guys doing (laughs) you know and that shouldn't matter what should matter is how the coverage can help you advance a goal or advance your business so how do you use the goals like you said of, of moving your working capital in the right direction in in making the right election on your coverage yeah, I think you got to start again with identifying or admitting that most insurance policies this year won't provide enough of a revenue guarantee that is going to necessarily uh, feed the mouse at the table and cover all the expenses of the farm. Yeah. The minority will do that. The majority probably won't, especially if they're honest with themselves on their cost production. The key piece to remember on insurance is as soon as a planner goes across the field, acre by acre, your insurance policy is active. You're guaranteed bushels. Yeah. And I think 2019 and the summer of 2022 is a pretty critical example that we had so much fear in 22 and we had so many planting issues in 2019 that, you know, in 19, especially we chased the carrot uh, market went from four of a spring price down to 360 rallied all the way to 470 and ended up being below 350 at harvest, a substantial yeah. move up and down. But when those bushels are guaranteed to you, you always have that opportunity to, quote unquote, reprice the guaranteed bushel at a higher value than what the government provides in the month of February. And, you know, the easy button, oftentimes not available, but the easy button is if the guaranteed bushels can be repriced or start at a price 
high yeah. enough to cover all expenses. And then anything above and beyond that is profit. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, not very many producers really want to or ever will forward market a crop all the way up to their insurance guarantee. It takes, uh, you know, I don't know exactly how to define what it takes, but let's just call spade a spade. That's not going to happen. However, there are still levers that can be pulled to get a producer in the right direction. And again, I'm going to leverage Iowa State math here for a second. Okay. That sounds like a jab, but it's not. 960 bucks an acre to grow a 202 bushel crop is their budget. And let's just say I'm shooting for a 10% return. And that means I'm making almost $100 an acre. Can I operate my family on $100 an acre profit? I got the yield goal of 202 at $5.5 corn. I can make money. I'm making 143 bucks an acre. But that's also assuming that I'm going to grow 202 and the market's going to sustain 550 or higher to let me price my entire crop between now and a year from now. Okay. But I like to use the phrase of how can we remove some bad risks yep. so we can afford to take good risks? Yep. I don't like the idea that risk is always bad. There's good yep. risk and there's bad risk. Yep. And some of the bad risks that we can remove is just understanding what percent of my crop can I forward market at what price to put myself in the position that the balance of my crop needs a price at least near or below where my insurance coverage would kick in. Then yep. I'm guaranteeing myself above a break even, and I'm guaranteeing myself a situation to possibly make some good money. Yes. So just punching in some random numbers here, let's just say a producer has 50 bushel an acre at 575 price. The balance of that crop, the other 152 bushel an acre, now they only need 448 to hit their break even. And prior it was 479. Right. So all we did was just lower our break even, but take it a step further for me to meet my goal of a hundred dollar an acre. I need to average five twenty seven for corn right now. We're really not that far away from that number based upon harvest bids. But if I put that sale in there at 50 bushel at five seventy five, I just drove that number down to five eleven. <sighs> now I'm going to yeah. use one other example here. Let's just say that market gives us a wild opportunity to price a little bit more and at a higher price. 65 bushel an acre at six and a quarter to meet my goal, the balance of the crop now needs to be $4.80. And that's a pretty important number because assuming the majority of producers would be carrying right around an 80% policy, our crop insurance would kick in at 472 if I raise an APH. Or, and in other words, if the market goes below 472, you have to raise your APH or else you're going to get paid from insurance. And furthermore, if you have some sales on the books and the market would happen to drop that precipitously, uh, not only does your revenue stop going down, but your overall revenue starts going back up the further the market goes down because you're getting more coverage from your insurance than you have exposure on physical bushels. That might sound like a cute play around crop insurance, but that's the reality. Crop insurance doesn't care how you forward market your grain. Right. Now, on the flip side of all this, the greatest okay. fear is what happens if the market goes higher and I don't raise it. Well, that kind of just gets back to the simplicities of if we have an insurance price like this last year, there was a tremendous amount of corn priced in the Western Corn Belt at $6.86. Everybody sold the same price. 
It wasn't the farmer doing it. It was the bushels they didn't produce that the government paid 686 on. So in the event the market goes higher, what do I need on guaranteed bushels to achieve a, you know, a hundred dollar an acre profit? And you're probably still talking clear up around 675 at that area that if the market goes higher, you have that opportunity to reprice the bushels guaranteed to you at four bucks, excuse me, 591 and look for that higher market opportunity to lock in more revenue. So it doesn't really matter where it comes from, what I have sold, what I haven't sold, understanding what I need on each one of those to achieve a break even and to achieve my goal. And then most importantly is understanding the mechanics between that insurance policy and your marketing. And sometimes the struggle is, you know, uh, I guess the only words I can think of an expert in a space, the expert in the insurance, the expert in the marketing, but you need to marry the two of them together. So it doesn't only just weigh on the insurance agent kind of weighs on the banker, the insurance agent, the grain marketer, Yep. You know, hopefully all three of those can the be team. in in uh, step for step. Yeah, yeah, the risk management team that you're working with. You know, after you went through all of that, it it what you know, it seems obvious that you should focus on revenue. But after going through all of that, yeah, it's obvious you focus on revenue when you're making these decisions. It's uh, really good. It's simple <laughs> really algebra, good, Chip, and then it's, it's eighth grade math, right? Yeah, you learn simple algebra in eighth grade and you know the output. So all you're trying to do is if you if you guess on one, what does the other need to be? And yeah. vice versa. Right. And be able to work towards that end goal throughout the year, not just once, yeah. but identifying what you can do, not necessarily what you should do. And that takes the entire focus away from is corn going to go up 10 cents or is it going to go down 10 cents in the next yep. week? It, it puts the focus on where you need it to be on your operation. It's fantastic. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, one other thing that you made a note of in the email earlier today, Jared, that I want to touch on quickly. Uh, you said that you should making you should be making your insurance elections first, then the FSA farm program elections. Why? Well, I just finished up going through some more easy 156s was what they're called from the FSA office. Okay. This happened to be a South Dakota producer that you know, if you think back on a farm bill uh, several years ago, we had the opportunity to um, adjust our base acres based upon what we intended yep. to have for a farm safety net. Yep. Most operations have a heavy, heavy base in corn, but they're planting more beans than what they have. Yep. Hence, there are supplemental options out there, one called SCO, one called ECO. Yep. There's some other area-based programs that operate a lot like your farm programs, but you have to know if one of those programs makes sense for you first because that will dictate what farm program you sign up for. And God gotcha. help us all if our county or PLC would trigger this year because uh, yeah. half the ag industry is going to be in deep, deep trouble. That's right. Jared, we're out of time. Great job, man. Jared Creed, JC Marketing. Thank you. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know? And welcome back to Agritalk, everybody. Davis Michelson here. Well, I heard he needed some help on the farm. Somebody with a truck and do you want to strong arms, not catch the lyrics no. of this one, too? No, I'm good. No? Oh, okay. Oh, well, never mind then. Uh, Joe, edit that out. Uh, Chip Flory joins. Yes. Uh, great conversation with uh, Jared Creed. Yep. JC Marketing. We, you know, here's here's come on thing. Creed. We promised <laughs> that we were going to deliver Creed once we had the the uh, spring crop insurance prices set. Right. Right. And doggone it, we delivered. Well, yes. You know, if nothing Absolutely. else, we've accomplished that today. But I feel well, like we accomplished so much more. Yes. Um. Well, now, here's the. Just real quick, here's the deal. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple of errands to run this afternoon, uh-huh. and and I'm going to be listening to that conversation again. Yes, it's it's worth worth a second, perhaps even a third. Yep. Listen, there's a lot in there. Right. A lot in there. Um. Couple of reactions to what I'm about to say. Okay. Yeah. Um. One of the things early in the conversation. You 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 got it. You have to identify your working capital, and you have yep. to farm for revenue. Yeah. And Jared mentioned, you know, if you're in a position to where, you know, you're you're flush with cash, you're in good shape, chances are, you know, there's, there's a chance that people don't even know what these numbers are. Right. There are certain, you know, you think, ah, it'll be fine, just whatever, just whatever. And if you go in and, I mean... You're leaving money on the table if you don't take a revenue-based approach and if you don't consider your working capital ahead of time rather yeah. than just kind of letting it, well, I can afford that, so, yeah, it's probably okay. Yeah. There yeah, has to and, be more to it than that. Well, it, one of the things that, that Jared also said was you need to go into this decision-making process with the goal of moving working capital in the right direction, which is forward. With a goal, yes. Yeah, with a goal. That you know, <laughs> I in my hand. I was going to say on my desk, but right now in my hand mm-hmm. is a little blue book that was published. Uh, let's see, this one was published in two thousand. Okay? Can you still get it? I not. I don't think can you people can get still this get it. One. I don't oh. think you can get this one. You can get version two. Okay, but it, it's got a wow. similar chapter in there on goal setting. Mm-hmm. And basically, what you're doing is you're driving a stake in the ground. And how else are you going to measure your progress unless you're, unless you are, are 
you know, balancing it against the goals that you're setting. And I don't know how you can make the right decision or a decision unless you've got an idea of what you want that decision to accomplish for you. You know, in other words, how is it going to help you meet a goal? So it's uh, it it's really important in this whole process. But anyway, that booklet that I've got, and you can still get version two of it, which is wasn't that much later. I can see one sitting over there. But it's Shop making the family farm the family business, and it's yes. it. If you want to get into something that I think will help make you some uh, or help you make smart smarter decisions. Okay, smarter decisions. Uh, yeah. That chapter on goal setting, I think, is is really really important. Uh, I've I've read the volume, by the way, and oh, yeah. just shameless plug: making the family farm the family business. Um, available at shopfarmjournal.com if you really want to go. Nineteen ninety five. You know, they'll send one okay. to you. Cool. Um, it's it's as though you you took a tour of Chip's brain but skipped all the fishing stuff and all of the nickelback <laughs> and all of those sorts of things, you know, all of the shiny things. Right, all the distractions. Know? That's right. That's right. It's pretty hardcore, um, but well, ultra-valuable information. Medium now, hardcore. And, and let's, Medium let's, hardcore. Let's not forget this. Let's not forget this. At the mm-hmm. time that that booklet and that project was, was uh, uh, that I undertook that, that effort, Mm-hmm. I was was very close uh, to the time that I got to spend with Jerry Carlson. Yes. The time that I got to spend with Merrill Oster, with Dan yep. Monardock, with Ron Michelson, Hello. with Mike Walston. Yeah. And it's not like I just kind of pulled it all out of my brain. Mm-hmm. I pulled it out of everybody's brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I just was, I was the one that was lucky enough to... Uh, to put it down on paper. So, <laughs> hey, new yeah. guy, write this up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, an- another thing, and I, I just it, this this hit so hard with me when when Jared said it. Yep. Extract the greatest value from the dollars that you put into the policy as you can. Yes. Okay. I would add to that because I think it's a responsibility. Okay. I would add to that. Extract as much value from the dollars that the government puts into them as well. Uh-huh. That means being a good steward of the whole program and making sure that you are doing things right, not only for your farm, but w- with the program as well. So I think it's it's uh, very good. I think it's a solid message. And like I said, I'm I'm going to have to spend a little more time with that conversation that we just had with Jared, and I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. Well, because you got to figure in, you know. I mean, you know, if if you're a farmer who is living off of that income, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's your income. Yeah, you still got to feed the kids. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> that's right. You know, you might accidentally see a boat and fall in love. <laughs> that it happens. happens. It happens. happens. I've heard. I don't know who yes. these people are. But right. It happens. <laughs> Return to management. That's what we were talking about. 
Uh, real quick, National Weather Service 6 to 10 day outlook. We're back to the time where we got to keep track of this on a more regular basis. Below normal temperatures across the almost the entire country what? for March 8th through the 12th. Oh, the good on. news is down uh-huh. there in Commodity Classic Land, yes. above normal temperatures. Above normal temperatures for that time period. Of That's course. good to see. But below normal elsewhere. And above normal precipitation expected over most of the country. The exception would be Michigan up to Maine, and and that's about it. All right. Thank you so much to Jared for coming on the show again today. Appreciate that. Come back tomorrow morning. Free for all with Weissmeyer, Haney, Davis, and me.